Matthew Leckie puts Australia into the quarterfinals. That is a magnificent goal by Owamabil. Oh, Matty Ryan, wow! Camping it out of the top corner like Superman. Hello and welcome to the Socceroos podcast, where we go one-on-one with your favourite players to keep you connected with the Socceroos. My name is Michael Putterflam. On the latest episode, we chat with Socceroo cap number 574, Trent Sainsbury. It's been an eventful couple of years for the Socceroos defender. From the World Cup to the Netherlands to Israel and Belgium, Trent and his family have had experiences all Australian footballers would dream of. Trent shares some funny and inspirational stories from his travels, explains his football aspirations going forward for club, country and his grassroots team, and he looks ahead to hopefully reuniting with his Socceroos family in camp. He also explains how Nikita Rukovitsia has earned the title of King Nicky in Israel, and why he's not surprised his close mate Matty Ryan has achieved his childhood dream of playing for Arsenal. So without further ado, here's the full chat with Trent. Trent, thank you for having a chat today. Firstly, how's everything going with you and you know, where are you in the world today? Uh, in the world today, I'm in Belgium. Uh, the weather's actually turned it on today, so it's nice to... I think we'll take a walk outside for the first time in uh, probably about three months. Um, everything's good with me. Can't complain. Uh, family's happy and healthy and uh, so am I. So... You're in Courtrai, is that correct? Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Courtrai. Courtrai. Okay, cool. And I was looking at some pictures of it and it looked um, pretty picturesque by the by the river and stuff like that. How are you enjoying um, living there? Yeah, it's um, it's not a very fast place, fast paced uh, lifestyle here, which is actually it suits me. Um, you know, like you said, picturesque. Uh, we live very close to the water, and uh, there's lots of parks around for the for the families and stuff. So it's um, it's definitely a place that suits me and my family at this moment. And on the football side of things, you know, how has it been um, joining the team, and how you find the level of football in Belgium? Um, it's different from what I've experienced everywhere else, but that's one of the main reasons I wanted to come here. I wanted to experience something different. Um, you know, joining in with the team is it's quite easy. You know? um, I'm quite a social person, so I, I can get to know people quite easily and um, obviously open up to them. Um, the level is uh, it's, it's high. Uh, it's very physical. Um, I'd probably say it's one of the, the closest leagues to you know, the English style of football that you're going to get. Um, but, yeah, some definitely some good talent here and some decent teams. How do you feel playing in that that style of football? Obviously, also pretty good with the ball at your feet and stuff like that, but um, how did the physical side suit you? Yeah, I've had to adapt a little bit. Obviously, um, I'm not the most physical defender out there. Um, I like to play with the ball a little bit more, but um, I think that's one of the things that I can you know, develop and, and add to my game. Um, you know, I'm getting... I'm getting to the, the the point in my career now where I, I kind of have to try and be the, the polished and finished the finished uh, article. So I'm in, I'm enjoying the challenge at the moment. I mean, you've been able to go on a bit of a well, quite a quite a bit of a journey around Europe. It seems like must have been an awesome time, especially I guess just the last couple of years from PSV to Maccabi Haifa and now now to Courtright. Um, yeah, yeah, but to kind of just like step through some of the highlights of, you know, the last couple of years and, you know, what that journey's been, just, you know, living the dream in Europe, really, any, something any Australian footballer would love to do. 
yeah, obviously um, with PSV, a, a big club in Europe and such a massive history. Um, you know, I got the experience and the, the chance to go and play there. And, um, you know, I kind of, I missed the boat. I think when it, when we first started the season, I was laid in because of, um, you know, I was, my contract in China wasn't exactly finished yet. So, um, yeah, I missed the boat with the pre-season. So I was a little bit on the back foot. Then uh, an injury um, stopped me from, you know, claiming a spot in the team, I guess. And then the rhythm started for the boys and I kind of missed that. So it took me a while to get going. Um, but once I did, you know, it was a great experience. You know, I played Champions League matches there. Um, so that's something I could tick off the bucket list, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, moved on to Maccabi Haifa uh, for the year, um, which was, you know, for me and my wife was an incredible adventure. I think there's not many people that can say they've uh, you know, lived in Israel and um, got to experience what uh, they have to offer there, which was, it was amazing. It was a beautiful place and I really enjoyed my time there. And I'd have to say it was probably the best fans I've played in front of. Um, they're really crazy. Um, and then obviously now, yeah, on to Courtrike. And Courtrike was more of a, um, it was more of a move to just try and get match minutes, but also as for my family. Because um, my wife, she's, we're expecting a second child now in um, early April. So it was more of a, you know, get the family into a, a, an environment where they can be most settled and, and thrive. No, that's, that's awesome, mate. Um... And I guess at Maccabi Haifa last year, you got the chance to play along an Australian who's been in, I guess, red hot form, um, was in a fan vote for, you know, one of the best, one of the best Asian players for the year. And what was it like playing with Nikita Rukovitsia? Um, and, you know, for someone in such great form, like how was he received by the fans over there? Yeah, King Nikki. Um, he, is, he is the king of Israel, basically. Um, and for good reason. I mean, any chance in front of goal, and I mean any chance in front of goal, he'll he put he will put it on target. Put it that way. He's just deadly finisher. Um, super quick for his age as well. I mean, he's rapid, rapid, fast. And um, I think he's been unlucky over the couple of years not to be to be in the national team. But um, you know, if he keeps his form up like he is now, I don't think there'd be any question about him being in that squad. But yeah, like it was um, a pleasure to play with him. Obviously, with that Aussie connection, he helped me settle in a lot quicker and um, you know, sort of teach me the ropes of Israel because it's not like every other country that you go to. There are certain rules and different sort of um, situations you've got to deal with. But yeah, he was um, you know one of the, the good guys over there to to sort of hang off and um, you know, get free stuff with as well because every time we go anywhere, it'd be like, oh, Rukovitia, Rukovitia. So yeah, no, it was it was a great experience, and um, you know, I was happy to be able to you know, experience it alongside him on the pitch as well. Um, don't have to go into too much detail, but you mentioned a couple of times, you know, the fans were pretty incredible, and just um, that experience of being in Israel was a bit of a, um, an interesting one. Um, be able to just kind of maybe even tell a story or an anecdote of like what it was, what life was like over there. Um. You know, there's a few stories that come to mind, but I'll just keep it simple. It's just to give you an idea on game day, um, you, know, you can actually, you can, I know people say this, but you could feel the energy and the electricity in the air. And we played some of the best football. This is what um, fans have been telling us and people inside the club. We played the best football that we've been playing in, in generations. So it was um, to be able to hear that. And then you get the fans building the energy in behind you. And um, when you scored that goal, I think, we won it was 5-1 against one of the, their biggest rivals, um, or 5-0, and 
the plate, every single person inside that stadium was jumping up and down. It felt like there was an earthquake. It was ridiculous. Pretty incredible experience. How, how does it compare to other fans who played it in front of around the world? No, nah, honestly, they were they were top. They were the best I played in by 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 a long way as well. Um, they just live and breathe that that football club and um, it's their heart and soul. So I think, um, yeah, I can't think of any any fans off the top of my head that will come close to. And I guess um, along with um, King Nicky. You know, there's another Socceroo who's been doing pretty awesome, um, who you're pretty close with and is flying high, um, and Matt Ryan. Um, I guess what have you made of him getting a move to the club that he, you know, grew up dreaming of playing for, Arsenal? Yeah, obviously, um, with Matty Ryan going to Arsenal, it's it's a huge deal for Australian football, um, and I can't think of anyone that deserves it more than him. You know, he is the ultimate professional, um, sometimes too professional, needs to let his guard down sometimes. But um, no, nah, I've been with Matty now we're for... I've known him since we were probably 17, I think. So, you know, it's been a hell of a journey being able to watch what he's he's been through and where he's been in his career. So it's always been a pleasure. But to be able to see him go to the, the highest level, you know, it's it's um, it's something that you, you have to sit back and admire and smile because, you know, like I said, no one deserves it more than him for the hard work and effort that he puts in. I guess by the same token, you've been able to share the pitch with him and some, you know, probably your fondest memories as well. I'll get to like the A-League Championships in a second, but I guess representing your country at the highest level, um, you know, when you were 17, I mean, when you're 17 and you getting to play with each other and getting to know each other and, you know, did you ever conceive that you'd both be representing your country, you know, winning an Asian Cup, playing at the World Cup together? Uh when we were 17, 18, I don't think we were thinking that far ahead. I think we were probably looking at what um, labouring job we're going to get in the next couple of years. Um, <laughs> but, you know, being able to, like, share those experiences, like you said, we went with the Mariners. We kind of grew up and matured there and, um, you know, finished on a high note, winning the, the championship and then both went our separate ways into Europe and, um, you know, and then taking that step into the national team and, um, now being in part of the senior group there and, um, you know, it's, it's always nice to sort of have those comrades in your team and um, people you can rely on, you know, you've got your, they've got your back in, uh, in any situation. I guess speaking of your, your time at the Mariners together, winning you know, a championship, winning the grand final um, alongside you there as well was, you know, Mitch Duke, who's currently in the Socceroos, as well as um, Graham Arnold as a coach. So, I mean, that, that Mariners team... Um, had a bunch of young players as well that were coming up and went on to, you know, greater and bigger things. Um, but I guess if you look at the A-League today and the start of the A-League season, the Mariners themselves have been once again, kind of seven or eight years later, producing some really good young players, which has been leading to some really awesome results for them. Um, I mean, firstly, like how good is it to kind of see the Mariners who haven't had too much to in the last seven or eight years getting those results? And I guess like, what does it say about, potential of, you know, smaller clubs like the Mariners as well as just clubs throughout the A-League to produce quality Australian players who can go overseas and when they represent the country? I think um, when you speak about young players coming through, obviously they've got to have a little bit of quality, otherwise they wouldn't be playing for the team. But you've also got to have that right mix of um, older older heads in the team to show the 
young boys the ropes and you know how to act professional and when times go tough get tough you know they they sort of bear the weight on their shoulders um and we had that at the mariners when we won the championship we had the great um older guys there leading us young guys and the young guys showing them all the energy so they could keep, try, try and keep up um and now you've got that again at the mariners so you've got all the young enthusiastic young boys and the older boys like maddie simon are leading the charge and um it's a great mix that they've got there at the moment and you know everyone wants to see the mariners do well so especially me um, and i guess you know it's been a pretty weird world recently leagues around the world have been able to start up. Um, but it's been 16 months since a lot of the soccer has been able to get together. Um, so I guess when that when that time finally ends and the squad's able to reunite, what's what's that time going to be like? Yeah, um, like you said, it's been a long time since we've been back in camp together at Socceroos. So I'm not sure if it's going to be kind of like a Baywatch moment where it's a slow motion run and everyone's hugging or if it's going to be a little bit standoffish and skittish. Um, but uh, I think the boys will be happy to be back in camp. It'll be like a big old family reunion. And uh, I know everyone's excited to get back in that, in that team and in that environment. And I guess also the prospect of getting back on the pitch and continuing the road to the World Cup is on offer. Uh, I mean, like, obviously getting off the pitch would be so exciting, but... Um, I guess also in the context of looking ahead to potentially playing another World Cup, what's, you know, how excited are you for that challenge? Yeah, I had the taste of it in Russia. Um, we had the the crazy lead-up games as well because of obviously the extra qualification games that we had to do, um, which made it even more special. But I've had that taste now. and It's something that, you know, in the careers that we have that are so short, you want to experience as much of it as possible. So there's always that hunger and desire to, to get to the next one. And, you know, I think, Obviously, with the way the world is at the moment, um, it's going to be different, the next one. But at the same time, um, different doesn't make it worse. It could be even better. And I guess beyond that, you know, what what still do you want to um, achieve in your career? What are, what are your goals? Uh, honestly, at the moment, I really just want to get back in the national team. Um, I've, I'm playing here in Europe. Um, my family's happy. So for me, you know, that, that's enough at the moment. Um, I'm not looking too far ahead. I've done that in the past and, you know, I thought I'd remain at one club, uh, one or two clubs pretty much my whole career and look how that turned out. So I know with football, you just cannot you know, predict the future. So I'm looking now just at the short term and that's getting back with the national team and playing games here at my club. I came across a video of you talking about um, your grassroots journey, Armadale soccer club and saying, you know, one day, one day you'd um, love to represent them again. So what's the ultimate dream, you know, scoring the winner and well, not, maybe not scoring the winner, but, you know, winning an FA Cup with, with Armadale one day? Yeah, honestly, um, I've spoken to the wife about this. I said, you know, once we've retired from professional football and we go back to sort of the state league games, um, I'd love to go and spend a season there in Armadale or two. Um, you know, and try and bring in as many of my soccer roommates as possible and win an FFA Cup. Um, that'd be the ideal dream. Um, but I'd, yeah, I'd definitely love to go back and play in front of my friends and family. And uh, my dad and all his mates, you know, I grew up supporting that, that club and my dad and all his mates have been there since day one um, supporting it. So a shout out to the G Bar and uh, all the boys there. But um, that's one of the things I'd like to finish my career off. So to finish up, I'm just going to run through some um, quick fire questions. Just give me 
one or two word answers. Yep. Got a random generator of about 30 questions that we get. <laughs> um, what is this, what is representing Stockaroos and Australian this year? Uh, just means pride, you know, pride in um, people knowing that they've helped me get there. What's the first Socceroos game you went to? Uh, I think we played, I think they played against Thailand in Canberra. It was an A-League select side. I think it was at, at Thailand. I think they lost 2-1. Favourite Socceroos World Cup goal? I think it was Harry Kills. Harry Kills against Croatia. I think yep. it was. Yeah. I was going pretty wild at that one. Man, that was years ago. Jesus. Years ago. Um, favorite Socceroos game you've played in? Favorite Socceroos game? Asian Cup final 2015. Can't get over it. It was one of the, the proudest moments in my career. Favorite soccer of all time? Mass Longo. <laughs> first soccer's game you remember first soccer's game I remember you know I've been told that my memory is terrible um, first one I remember no, I'm going to have to say it's the, the game I went to watch in Canberra I was probably like 15 but yeah I can't remember anything before that I think I know what the answer might be but um, who's your best football friend Best football friend. Yeah. In the soccer room set up, I'd have to say it'd be Mass. So why are you and Mass so close? Uh, we've been roommates for a very long time. Um, and, you know, we've been through the ups and downs as well uh, with the soccer rooms and, you know, just formed a close relationship over the years. And I think for the last maybe two, three years now, we've been available to get our own rooms, but we've kind of just stuck it out together. Yeah, and I, I will say it's a little bit, um, a little bit my fault because of the fact that I'm terrible when it comes to alarms. So he, <laughs> he is my alarm clock. But uh, no, he's just one of the best people who meet in football. So what? So do you have to always have to have someone in any camp that's going to wake you up, or you always need someone else to wake you up? I'm just when it comes to alarms, if I set an alarm, I won't sleep because I'll be so paranoid that it's going to go off at any minute. So it's even the same here at home. I can't sleep with an alarm on my wife. I have to wake me up. Awesome. Um, favorite football moment. Favorite football moment. Well, that's a tough one. You know, I, I do go back to Russia um, world cup when we walked out on the pitch and the national anthem of Australia came on and 80% of the crowd was in green and gold and it was just ridiculous the amount of noise they made on that national anthem. And I remember I was trying to hide like the tears because I was like, I cannot believe I'm at this moment. Um, and I was just trying to soak it all up. But that was a pretty special moment for me. That was really, um, it was, it's, it's a moment that you kind of uh, look back on and, you think, wow, I actually got to experience that in my life. And what did you think of all the fans who, you know, travelled to Russia and were going absolutely mental? Do you think that's just like the most Aussie thing to do ever? I was thinking about it. Actually, at the time, I was standing there, just finished the National Anthem of Australia, 
And I was going, man, I would love to do that one day. Just travel and watch the boys, um, you know, have a good time, uh, go with your friends and family and, you know, just support them and you know, be a proud Australian. Who's the best player you've played against? Best player I've played against? It's oh, a tough one as well. Um, no, Harry Kane or Mario Cardi. Um, yeah, I'd probably say one of those two. They were ridiculously hard to mark. Harry Kane is just physically massive, um, super strong and really good with his feet. But Cardi's movement, he's just such an intelligent player. He just gets in, in positions that you just don't want to go into. Best player you've played with? Um, there's been a few um, I always say the one that I've, I think is going to have the biggest future is Daniel Marlin play, the striker at PSV now as soon as he came to training with us um, he was only a young he's still only young now I think he's only 21 or something but he came into training with us at PSV and I thought to the, everyone, I said to everyone I said wow this kid's going to have a big big future and um, I think he'll, he'll get sold this year and probably be 50 million or something like that. So, But he was the most exciting player I've seen. Recorded. Recorded. We're going to track him now. Um, Ryan Grant, mullet or no mullet? Oh, mullet. I know, I know he did it for a good reason and everything and, you know, that kind of takes it away. You know, but at the same time, like, is that is that his, his Superman cape is just taken off, or who knows? We'll see. But yeah, Ryan Grant mullet challenges out there. Pretty um, synonymous. Who's your favourite A League player of all time? Favourite A League player of all time. I've got a few of the Mariners boys that I really enjoyed hanging around, um, but for me, I'd probably have to say it'd be John Hutchinson. Um, he was, you know, he was one of the captains, sort of group leaders when I came into the Mariners and showed me the ropes. And I actually became his roommate. I think in the second year I was there. Um, so yeah, we became quite close, and you know, he, he was my mentor, I guess, at that stage of my career. What's the best phrase you've picked up while playing overseas? <laughs> Uh, if any of the people that understand Dutch would be hot for Duma and I can't translate that on uh, on here <laughs> but let, let's just say it's uh, very, very bad words um, Messi or Ronaldo <sighs> Messi is just so gifted um, but Ronaldo is just the purest of athletes and that's what I like um, because I don't think there'll ever be another Messi. There might be another Ronaldo, but for me, I think Ronaldo, just the way he's built himself up and his mindset and mentality is ridiculous. So I'd say Ronaldo. Favourite player of all time? Favourite player of all time? I loved Frank Lampard. I loved the way he played. I loved how cool and calm he was on the ball. Um, he'd probably be the number one for me. Um, all right. So let's finish it off with a couple more. But what's the best piece of advice you've received? 
best piece of advice I have received? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it goes back to one of the, the simplest of things is if you're not enjoying doing it, then, you know, it's not for you. And I've, I've kind of taken that on, on board. I think Kenny Lowe was um, back in the day when I was thinking about like finishing up trying to become a professional footballer. He said to me, you know, you just got to find that love for the game again. Um, you know, he, and he gave that back to me. Um, so, yeah, I think if you're not enjoying it, then it's not for you. And at what, what point did that happen for you? Uh, yeah, like I said, when I was 14 or 15, Kenny Lowe came in and you know, took, sort of brought me in and said, you know, just come down and have a couple of training sessions with me and uh, with the boys and just try and find that love for the game again. There's no pressure here. There's just, you know, just try and be the best person you can be and the best footballer. And um, I really wasn't going to. Uh, but my dad said, just go down and have a look and enjoy it and see what happens. And that was sort of when I kind of fell in love with football again and wanted to become super competitive at it. Um, and since then, I've kind of looked at it. When I did get that that contract at the Central Coast Mariners, I think a few people kind of uh, looked at me and said, you know, you're a bit nonchalant, but uh, that's just me. Um, and it's worked against me quite a few times in my early parts of my career. Um and actually, I actually would say later in my career as well, but it's worked against me a little bit. But at the same time, it's just who I am. It's I just want to enjoy the game. I love the game. When I step on the pitch, I'm serious as, as anyone else. Um, so, yeah, but I think uh, I don't do it as a job now. I do it as a hobby. What's your dream for Australian football after being someone who's loved and played the game so much? Uh, a few things. I would love for... Um, Australian football to be the number one sport in Australia. I think um, that's very achievable. Um, you know, obviously it's a worldwide game, and um, none of the other sports in, in Australia are worldwide. There are some that obviously play overseas, but one that's going to touch every part of the globe is only football. Um, obviously, regulars at the World Cup every single um, campaign, and eventually, I'd like us to be, you know, one of the teams that people fear to play against. Um, I know now that we've got a reputation as a very hard working working team, but I'd like us to be up there one day, you know, challenging for World Cups. Um, and if you don't think big, you don't, you know, you're not going to achieve big. Um, and then more so back with the junior junior routes, I'd love for the game to be free to all participants. You know, nobody has to pay registration fees or you know, buy their own kits and that sort of thing. I'd love for that to become the the norm. So man, all those things sound sound like they would be incredible for Australian football and hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later. Um, thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Socceroos podcast with guest Trent Sainsbury. To learn more about Trent and other Socceroos, head to socceroos.com.au as well as the social channels for all the latest news and videos on the team. Tune in next time for the Socceroos podcast and let us know on social media if there's players and questions you want answered. Until then, goodbye. Matthew Leckie puts Australia into the quarterfinals. That is a magnificent goal by Owamabille. Oh, Matty Ryan, wow! Camping it out at the top corner like Superman.